we're back with episode two of our image guided surgery podcast. This is part two. This is Rod Gerardo. And I'm Am Tom Bash. We're research fellows at Cincinnati Children's Hospital Medical Center. And we're joined by Denise Liu. I am Denise Liu. I'm one of the uh, interventional radiology residents at the University of Toledo. Previous part, we talked about lung nodule localization. We have images for you posted below the media player in the app to see what we're talking about. Today, we're going to talk about something else. What are we talking about, Denise? Today, we're going to talk about the resection of the lung nodules that we localized on the last episode. Guys, hold on. I have a question first. It's about the last episode. After listening to part one, I couldn't stop thinking, how long does the localization part takes? I know probably if you have more lesions, it takes much longer, but what would you say for the draping and the localization, moving on to the surgery, how long does it take? So, and when we get around to actually doing the CT where we advance the needle to the lung nodule, this part typically doesn't take a very long time. Uh, with everything together, from the time the patient gets into the room to the time we localize and be ready for surgery, that time is about 45 minutes. Still seems pretty quick overall. So if we're ready for today's episode, let's jump right in. Dr. Dasgupta, once you start, what is your process? Generally, we'll put in our first port. I don't. Other people do it differently. I don't inflate the lung or have the lung brought down. I find the wire while the lung is still inflated and bring it into the chest, primarily to make sure that the wire doesn't get pulled out of the lung after all the work that the interventionalists did by causing us, you know, when we collapse the lung, the wire can sometimes get stuck within the chest musculature. So we have the room to operate, and then basically we find the wire, talk to IR, either we see it really wonderfully or we do not see it. If we don't see it, just resect around the area of where the wire is. Making sure that we incorporate our discussions with our IR uh, colleagues that's medial or superior to the wire or whatever and then remove the specimen. Often we'll obviously feel the specimen to see if we can feel a nodule. If we put a coil in, we'll x-ray the specimen to make sure that the coil is in place and that the wire has been removed. And then I usually put a little tissue on my staple lines, the chest tube, and then out. Do you usually use three throw cars? Camera portancy working parts, yeah. There's a little detail we forgot to mention. Once we place the wire and check with CT it's in position, then we cut the wire off at the skin. And the reason for that is that the wires are quite long. And so if Roshi has to pull the whole wire through, if we leave the whole wire there, she's got to pull that through into the chest and it gets a bit cumbersome. So we cut the wire off at the chest, at the skin. Would you have cut it at the skin if we were gonna transport it, if, if we don't have the hybrid OR? Or does it get displaced during the transport? Or what are your thoughts? In the old days when we were doing it downstairs on the traditional CT and then transferring, I still cut the wire. I learned to cut the wire because there was one memorable case when we left the wire in place from downstairs, we would pack up the wire with blue tails and send the kid up the operating room and I got pulled to another case. When I went to the operating room, the OR nurses who had not been in the CT downstairs thought that there's somebody had left a stitch in the chest and they pulled it. So from that time onwards, I cut the wire and it's a lot easier for the surgeon to pull that wire through. In the past, we just left the wire super long and then we find that it tends to get bent at the skin surface or it will jam and won't pull through. Or other times uh, when patients are being repositioned, the wire would get pulled out. So um, now we cut the wire short for ease of transport and make sure that nobody is going to uh, dislodge it. While we're removing the lesion, we're not necessarily doing it under fluoroscopy or any kind of imaging, right? 
You just check the specimen. The only reason that you would use fluoro at the, at the, or the resection is if we'd placed a coil just to assure that the coil has been removed. At the end of the case, we'd want to use fluoro to make sure that that coil's not in the patient. So here's an example. Let's take a wedge resection with a wire. It looks like somebody is opening it up, potentially to look for ICG, which I find really interesting. How would you explain that? How do you use the ICG and how does that process work? Which is just endocyanine green fluorescence. We are using it for all types of lesions, generally not thoracoscopically for looking at one lesion, but we do know that G is metabolized by the liver. So for hepatoblastoma metastases, it's actually very nice and you can actually see them quite well. The enhancement of these pulmonary nodules, depending on what their primary cancer is, uh, depends on the primary cancer's vascularity. So for sarcoma, for example, it is very uh, vascular due to the increased angiogenesis. So it will show up as hyper-enhancing. It's not specific for a tumor type because there can be multiple hypervascular primary cancers. If you want to learn more about ICG imaging, we're going to give you a link to an update course rewind where Dr. Chiro Esposito walked us through utilization of ICG for the pediatric surgeon. Click on that link, check it out. I use it open all the time to find lesions that you can't see or palpate as well. The issue with ICG, particularly thoracoscopically, is its depth of penetration. So you can't really see deep into the lungs. So you can put in the camera and you really not see very much. So you often have to cut open the specimen that you've already localized to prove that you've gotten it. That's why it's really important to do this needle localization for some of these nodules that are not right at the periphery. So once we get the lesion out, we double check that it's all the way out. And then I assume that we can close up and finish. I'm finding that there's actually two really unique things about the hybrid OR. One is obviously the technical aspect. You guys are able to do some really awesome things. The resolution of these images, it's absolutely incredible. But the other thing that I don't think we should sweep under the rug is that listening to Dr. Dasgupta and Dr. Riccadio talk together like they're friends like these two different departments in a pediatric hospital that get along really well have the same goals they want to work together well they want to work together efficiently i don't think that's very common in other institutions and i think it's 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 really amazing here what you guys are doing for the pediatric patient so we moved interventional radiology from downstairs and radiology up into the operating room in 2000 with the political help of dr ziscon and it made sense if you look at interventional radiology we are mechanical people doing mechanical things to patients through small holes with x-ray equipment. So it's actually the surgical process, not the radiology process. And so we moved out of radiology. Everything we do is on the operating room, scheduling, the anesthesia, the whole thing. We're part of the operating room. So this is actually a very important thing. Very few hospitals have been able to achieve this. Some have tried, but it is very hard to get IR physically integrated into the OR. So it's not a very common thing for most hospitals. We get rewarded at Cincinnati Children's for team building, not for individuality so much. It's been a very satisfying experience. I think we're really lucky that we have great interventional radiologists that work really well with us. And, you know, we ask them for help all the time and it's just great to have them there because they can come when you need them pretty quickly. And it's a really good relationship that we have with them. We sometimes joke that the definition of surgery is interventional radiology with a big scar. Oh, that's cold, Dr. Johnson. Wow. <laughs> That's fired. It's a pleasure to work with our surgeons. It's really comforting having that relationship, knowing if you're doing an interventional case that's on the edge and is risky, 
we can call the surgeons and say, hey, you know, we're going to be doing this just so you guys know if something terrible happens. And it's nice to feel that support and be able to maybe push the edge a little bit further than you would if you didn't have that support. I think it goes both ways in terms of you all helping the surgeons to localize and make the procedure as invasive as possible for the patient and that surgeons can help you if you need it. Hey Rod, can you summarize what we learned through this episode two? So you're gonna have three ports total, one camera, two working ports. Dr. Dasgupta doesn't initially insufflate the chest. So first she's gonna go in, find the wire while the lung is inflated and, and pull the wire into the chest so that she can see it within her view. And so it doesn't get dislodged or moved or anything from externally. Then she'll insufflate the chest and then work with anesthesiology to bring down the lung. If she's able to see where the wire is, she can dissect around the wire, obviously consulting interventional radiology throughout the case to make sure that the localization is correct. Then she will proceed with a wedge resection of the specimen and this day and age using a thoracoscopic stapler. And then once they have the specimen removed, depending on wire, coil, whatever it is, they're gonna x-ray the specimen to verify. Tisteal all over the staple lines to help prevent any bleeding, and then we're out of there. And that's a wrap on episode two, part two of Hybrid OR Podcast. Lung localization and resection, the steps, the intricacies of two different departments in a pediatric hospital working together for a patient with metastatic lung nodules. Uh, if you like this episode, if you don't like it, go ahead and leave us a comment, like, or subscribe to our YouTube page. Uh, download the Sacred Pediatric Surgery app. It's in the Apple App Store. It's in the Google Play Store. But until then, I'm Rod Gerardo. I'm Em Tombash. And I'm Denise Lu. And remember, knowledge should be free.